Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. This week's poem is Longfellow's The Wreck of the Hesperus. The Wreck of the Hesperus, one of Longfellow's most well-known poems, is a good example of a ballad. It's written in strict ballad form, four-line stanzas rhyming A-B-C-B, with four beats in the first and third lines and three beats in the second and fourth rhyming lines. It tells a story taken from the news, combined with the imagination of the author, that appeals to the reader's love of thrilling tragedy. In The Wreck of the Hesperus, the event is the great storm of 1839, which lashed the New England coast on December 15, 1839, with snow, sleet, rain, and hurricane-force winds. Scores of ships all along the coast were wrecked or damaged, with the number of lives lost aboard the ships as high as 200. The worst-hit seaport was Gloucester, Massachusetts, where the next morning the beach was littered with pieces of ship, lost cargo, and drowned bodies. Among the bodies was that of a woman tied fast to a ship's windlass, the mechanism for raising and lowering anchors. The ship that had carried her was the schooner Favorite, which had foundered on an offshore reef named Norman's Woe, named for the victim of an earlier wreck. A more poetic name can hardly be imagined. Longfellow's poetic imagination, though, did supply most of the detail of the wreck of the Hesperus, beginning with the name of the ship, taken by Longfellow from another ship that rode out the storm in Boston Harbor, though not without damage. Longfellow changed as well the age of the drowned woman, probably the wife of the captain. A number of captains' wives were either lost or rescued that night. To that of a child, the daughter of the captain, the windlass to which she was tied is changed by Longfellow to the ship's mast, less sturdy but more poetic. The dialogue between daughter and father, as well as the father's character, is also imagined, as is the presence of the old sailor and the lashing of the father to the tiller. The knowledge of the sea, though, and the effects of freezing gale-force winds, while called up by the poet's imagination, are true to the scene. Let's listen. The Wreck of the Hesperus by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow It was the schooner Hesperus that sailed the wintry sea, and the skipper had taken his little daughter to bear him company. Blue were her eyes as the fairy flax, her cheeks like the dawn of day, and her bosom white as the hawthorn buds that ope in the month of May. The skipper, he stood beside the helm, his pipe was in his mouth, and he watched how the veering flaw did blow the smoke now west, now south. Then up and spake an old sailor had sailed to the Spanish main. I pray thee, put into yonder port, for I fear a hurricane. Last night the moon had a golden ring, and tonight no moon we see. The skipper, he blew a whiff from his pipe, and a scornful laugh laughed he. Colder and louder blew the wind, a gale from the northeast, 
The snow fell hissing in the brine, and the billows frothed like yeast. Down came the storm and smote amain the vessel in its strength. She shuddered and paused like a frightened steed, then leaped her cable's length. Come hither, come hither, my little daughter, and do not tremble so, for I can weather the roughest gale that ever wind did blow. He wrapped her warm in his seaman's coat against the stinging blast. He cut a rope from a broken spar and bound her to the mast. O father, I hear the church bells ring. O say, what may it be? Tis a fog bell on a rock-bound coast, and he steered for the open sea. O father, I hear the sound of guns. O say, what may it be? Some ship in distress that cannot live in such an angry sea. O father, I see a gleaming light. O say, what may it be? But the father answered never a word. A frozen corpse was he. Lashed to the helm, all stiff and stark, with his face turned to the skies, the lantern gleamed through the gleaming snow on his fixed and glassy eyes. Then the maiden clasped her hands and prayed that savored she might be, and she thought of Christ who stilled the wave on the lake of Galilee. And fast through the midnight dark and drear, through the whistling sleet and snow, like a sheeted ghost the vessel swept toward the reef of Norman's woe. And ever the fitful gusts between, a sound came from the land. It was the sound of the trampling surf on the rocks and the hard sea sand. The breakers were right beneath her bows. She drifted a dreary wreck, and a whooping billow swept the crew like icicles from her deck. She struck where the white and fleecy waves looked soft as carded wool, but the cruel rocks, they gored her side like the horns of an angry bull. Her rattling shrouds all sheathed in ice with the masts went by the board. Like a vessel of glass, she stove and sank. Ho, ho, the breakers roared. At daybreak on the bleak sea beach, a fisherman stood aghast to see the form of a maiden fair lashed close to a drifting mast. The salt sea was frozen on her breast, the salt tears in her eyes, and he saw her hair like the brown seaweed on the billows rise and fall. Such was the wreck of the Hesperus in the midnight and the snow. Christ save us all from a death like this on the reef of Norman's woe. We find in the wreck of the Hesperus many elements familiar to us in Longfellow's poetry. The sea, the human relationship to nature, the relationship between parent and child, here specifically the relationship between father and daughter. In other poems, Longfellow treats these subjects with both poetic and moral seriousness. Does he hear? Or is he primarily interested in telling a good story full of adventure and pathos? The father's pride, shown in his response to the entreaty of the old sailor to put into port, triumphs over his love for his daughter to disastrous effect. The others aboard ship also suffer from his arrogance, 
as all the crew are lost, swept like icicles from the ship's plunging deck. These are striking, memorable images, but do they give us anything really serious to think about? A feminist reader, if there were one, might want to focus on the father binding his daughter for her own good. But the truth is, the daughter would be lost either way, and in this extraordinary situation, it was probably the best he could do. But one subject I do think Longfellow wants us to think seriously about. Prayer. Christian prayer, specifically. There are two prayers in The Wreck of the Hesperus. The daughter's prayer for her rescue after the death of her father, when she thinks of Christ having the power to still the waves while in a storm on the Sea of Galilee, and Longfellow's own prayer at the end of the poem, asking Christ to save us all from a death like this on the reef of Norman's woe. Either prayer alone would be unremarkable, but the second casts our thoughts back to the first, which then prompts us to think more about the second. What is the relationship between prayer and our knowledge of the efficacy or lack thereof of prayer? Does prayer do us any good? And if Longfellow shows us that it doesn't in the middle of the wreck of the Hesperus, why does he utter a prayer himself at the poem's end? Let's listen again. The Wreck of the Hesperus by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow It was the schooner Hesperus that sailed the wintry sea, and the skipper had taken his little daughter to bear him company. Blue were her eyes as the fairy flax, her cheeks like the dawn of day, and their bosom white as the hawthorn buds that ope in the month of May. The skipper he stood beside the helm, his pipe was in his mouth, and he watched how the veering flaw did blow the smoke now west, now south. Then up and spake an old sailor, had sailed to the Spanish main. I pray thee put into yonder port, for I fear a hurricane. Last night the moon had a golden ring, and tonight no moon we see. The skipper he blew a whiff from his pipe, and the scornful laugh laughed he. Colder and louder blew the wind, a gale from the northeast. The snow fell hissing in the brine, and the billows frothed like yeast. Down came the storm, and smote amain the vessel in its strength. She shuddered and paused like a frighted steed, then leaped her cable's length. Come hither, come hither, my little daughter, and do not tremble so, for I can weather the roughest gale that ever wind did blow. He wrapped her warm in his seaman's coat against the stinging blast. He cut a rope from a broken spar and bound her to the mast. O father, I hear the church bells ring. O say, what may it be? Tis a fog bell on a rock-bound coast and he steered for the open sea. O father, I hear the sound of guns, O say, what may it be? Some ship in distress that cannot live in such an angry sea. O father, I see a gleaming light, O say, what may it be? But the father answered never a word, A frozen corpse was he. 
lashed to the helm all stiff and stark, with his face turned to the skies. The lantern gleamed through the gleaming snow on his fixed and glassy eyes. Then the maiden clasped her hands and prayed that saved she might be, and she thought of Christ who stilled the wave on the lake of Galilee. And fast through the midnight dark and drear, through the whistling sleet and snow, like a sheeted ghost the vessel swept toward the reef of Norman's woe. And ever the fitful gust between, a sound came from the land. It was the sound of the trampling surf on the rocks and the hard sea sand. The breakers were right beneath her bows. She drifted a dreary wreck, and a whooping billow swept the crew like icicles from her deck. She struck where the white and fleecy waves looked soft as carded wool, but the cruel rocks, they gored her side like the horns of an angry bull. Her rattling shrouds all sheathed in ice with the mass went by the board. Like a vessel of glass she stove and sank. Ho, ho, the breakers roared. At daybreak on the bleak sea beach, a fisherman stood aghast to see the form of a maiden fair lashed close to a drifting mast. The salt sea was frozen on her breast, the salt tears in her eyes, and he saw her hair like the brown seaweed on the billows fall and rise. Such was the wreck of the Hesperus in the midnight and the snow. Christ save us all from a death like this on the reef of Norman's woe. In 1944, American moviegoers, this is back in the day when a cartoon was expected to precede the movie, might have enjoyed a cartoon with a superhero mouse, newly christened Mighty Mouse, coming to the rescue of the captain and his daughter as well as the old sailor. This version uses Longfellow's poem for its narration, with the wonderfully humorous animation characteristic of the time showing the story, right through the daughter's second question. But before her father dies, Mighty Mouse arrives. Alas, without his thrilling cry, here I come to save the day, which hadn't yet been added, sung or not, and indeed saves the day. The story ends not with destruction and frozen death, but with the captain, his daughter, the old sailor, and of course Mighty Mouse, enjoying a New York City ticker tape parade. You can watch it on YouTube. It's great. I hope you enjoyed The Wreck of the Hesperus, and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, I hope you'll share it with them on your social media so that they might join you and me by the fireside.